Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan. And it's me, Rachel Lindsay. Rachel. Oh, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? What? Well, you, you're about to say something. You just jumped, you're like, no, I wasn't. I was just adjusting in my seat. You're adjusting in your seat. I saw you. You had a good weekend. I saw that. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. On the old Instagram. Did I? Yeah. I had, I had a good 24 yeah. hours. You went to Vegas. Vo- voice is still recovering a little bit. Yeah, your voice your voice goes through it when you have a good time. I noticed that. Yeah, I can't do it like I used to, apparently. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. But I had a good time. Celebrating a friend's birthday. Brian was with me. I saw that. R&B. Yeah. R&B. R&B. Yeah. Took um, Vegas on. What about you? You had a good weekend? It was cool. I flew out to New York uh, Sunday. You know, Saturday I was just chilling. Flew out to New York Sunday. I'm, I'm here doing some work with Mullen Scott Young and 50 Cent. Uh, doing some stuff. Um, I noticed uh, something about your Vegas trip. What, man? No blacks. It was you out there in the white wilderness. And I was looking at this. And okay. I was like, wow. Rach did it. Rach did it. Okay. And I've made up a song. I'm dreaming <laughs> of a white Vegas. Just like the one I used. Why didn't they, why didn't they, why didn't they let no black people on the trip? What was going on? I was attending a birthday party. Mm. For who? Strom Thurmond? <laughs> Pretty sure he was one of the senators uh who uh uh what do they call that? Oh my gosh! I literally Dixie just crack. said this. Uh, no, 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 no. What? What happened? When my dad was um, oh my gosh! Oh, what do they call it? He, he didn't vote for your dad. He dissented. No, no. My dad had a unit was unanimously put through. Really? Yeah. Everybody voted for the judge. Yeah, he ain't he ain't Kavanaugh up in here. Okay. Wait a minute. <laughs> so everybody voted for the judge. You mean tell Senate me Senate confirmation hearings? That's what Senate I was confirmation to say. hearing. So th- there wasn't one person that was like, ah, this guy's a little prickly. For the nope. for this for this, for this went through. Man, the judge is so accomplished. I could never have a dad like that. My dad, my dad was a was a small business owner, and I'm very proud of him. But see, if my dad was a judge, if my dad was a judge, I would not be the person who I am today. Not at I all. I don't. That's not true. Okay. So what do you I'm, think? You'd be like a PK or something? Yeah. I would, if my dad was a judge, there'd be no way. There'd be no way. Van, I, I called you. you. You didn't call me back. So what, nigga? Okay, first of all, <laughs> Sam Lindsay like, never does that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You peasant. You don't talk to me. My father is a judge. You don't speak to me. Why don't you get, listen? This is what you do. This is what you do before you ask me something because my dad's a judge. This is what you do. You go back to Popeye's, you clock in, and you think about how you lost the genetic lottery. You don't talk See? to me like that. You know what's funny? I used, especially practicing law and following and like coming up in my dad's footsteps, I never wanted to say my last name. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I saw you. You have looked like you were having a good time in Vegas. In segregation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, if I was there, isn't that a form of integration? Mm, Depends. One drop rule. One Rachel. Oh, Listen, I was there celebrating somebody's birthday. I wasn't there mm-hmm. to critique how many the representation of the birthday party that was there. Um, that's a that's a very good friend of mine. I was happy to celebrate her. Um, 
fully anticipated you pointing out. Isn't it sad that when I take pictures and I was about to post, I fully, I have like your voice in the back of my head. I used to hear the judge. Now I hear Van's voice in the back of my head saying, he'll probably have something to say. Um, yeah, it is what it is. It looked like y'all were having so much fun though. It's her. We had a great time. We had a great mm -hmm. time. I was I like she's she's a good friend, so I was happy to, to be there to celebrate her. Now, does she give you when you're when you're hanging out in the party and it's just this? Do they give you like odd jobs to do and stuff? Like Rach, could you? Yeah, bring in? I remember everybody left early and I was still picking up um, after everyone was left, like making sure everyone had their stuff together, making sure you know the area yeah. was clean. Right. Hey, like Rach, come over here. Uh, get all of the chocolate off of these chocolate-covered almonds because I only want the almonds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I definitely played the part. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? What's funny is that, like, this, these jokes, this is trauma. <laughs> this, it is, man. Like, like I, I overuse the word trauma, but this is me looking at those pictures and going, damn, I wonder if she felt safe. You know, because you walk I mean, in the room. I mean, I have a husband with me, so it's that's not true. like, yeah. R&B, you know. R&B. But I mean, at the same time, it's interesting because growing up, when I was mm -hmm. in school, I went to a predominantly white school. So a lot of times I was mm -hmm. the only black person in the group. And then I got into high school and college and it was different for me. You know, mm -hmm. my circle was, there weren't many white people at all, really, in the circles mm -hmm. that I would hang around. And as I've got more into professional life, and the girl whose party it was, um, we became friends. We were on The Bachelor together five years ago. So, you know, I was with her group of friends, which were right. white, white people. White people. Hey, yeah. hey, there's nothing wrong with a little Gratian. And when <laughs> I say Gratian, I mean inter. All right. Um, so, look, we have a couple of guests on the show today. The first guest is uh, going to speak to something um, – that's really been a topic on social media these last yeah. couple of days. The movie In the Heights, uh, which is it comes from the mind of Lin-Manuel Miranda. Mm -hmm. The film has been criticized for the erasure of darker skin Afro-Latino people. Okay. I am not Afro-Latino. Rachel is not Afro-Latino. Uh, but we do have Angie. Uh, Angie's a friend of yours, Rach? She's a friend of my friend Sophia's. A friend of your friend Sophia's. She lives in Washington Heights. Yes. The area that this this uh this musical takes place in. And she is Dominican and she wants to speak to what she feels like is uh are, should I say, the actual reasons why what happened within the Heights are so egregious. So uh on the other side of this break, we're gonna come back with Angie. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, Get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. When I'm talking about people who are visionaries, you looked at your name and you were like, I could be Angie with an IE 
Angie Martinez, so many Angies out there. You know what I mean? But you were like, no, give me the why. I have never in my 41 years met somebody that had Angie with the Y. We have Angie with the Y joining <laughs> us right now on Higher Learning. Now, let's talk about why we're having this conversation real quick. We're having this conversation because I wouldn't say that there's been a firestorm of criticism, but I would say there's been some very pointed criticism surrounding a movie that just came out. Uh, the name of the film is In the Heights, and it takes place uh, where I'm at right now here in New York City. You know what I'm saying? I'm here in the city, the NYC. Um, and the movies face some criticism from some people about the fact that it doesn't seem to feature any darker uh, Afro-Latinx, and I hope I'm saying that right, performers. Now, there are a lot of amazing performers in the film, but they are on the fairer side of things. And I am not going to speak for Angie here. I'm going to let her sort of talk a little bit about some of the criticism behind this film. Is it simply because of the hue of some of the people or is it not representative um, of the neighborhood where the movie is supposed to take place? Both things, Ren. Mm. I am a Washington Heights native. I live in Washington Heights. I'm a few blocks from Dykeman. I arrived to Washington Heights at the age of five. So I've been living here my entire life, entrenched in this community. I know my people, my culture. This is, this is who we are. Um, for those people who have never seen the play of In the Heights, to see a movie that is titled In the Heights is, has been misleading for them. You know, they, they expect to see all, all the Dominicanisms that they see in Washington Heights. The music, the patelitos, the frio frio, not the piragueros. Because if you've, seen, if you've seen the movie, there were instances during the movie that were just, that were supposed to be Dominican, but that we caught. Mm. Um, for example, we never say the DR, right? Um, we never call the the icy the icy card piragueros. We call them frio frios. Um, the strong accent, Boricua accent of Anthony Ramos, who I love, I love him as an actor, but he was not the right fit for this. Mm. And on top of the misrepresentation of our Dominicanidad, is also the lack of Afro Latins, Afro Dominicans in this film. And, you know, I saw the interview that The Roots did to the director and the cast members. And for me, it was so insulting to have this director say that, you know, oh, yeah, well, this is we had um, Afro-Latino dancers in the background. Didn't you see them? Yeah. You know, yeah, we should it, talk about that. Yeah. What? Like, we're tired of these roles. When are you going to center us, especially within our own stories? Right, because Lin-Manuel, yes, he lives in Washington Heights. We need to understand that this movie is made from the perspective of a Puerto Rican man who lives in the Heights. It is not the perspective of a Dominican person. He, want, he wanted to celebrate our Latinidad, which I think he did great. He just shouldn't have titled it In the Heights <laughs> because that's, that's when people start coming down on you and then we start scrutinizing everything else. You know, um, we felt erased from our own narrative. Um, and that in 2021, that should definitely not be the case. Latinos are not a monolith. 
we do not speak the same Spanish. You know, Australians and Brits speak English, but they speak English differently, right? Mm -hmm. Same for Latinos. We are not a monolith, mm. right? Um, and I don't understand why it's so hard for people to get that we could love this film at the same time as we criticize it, mm. right? Yeah. We do that with the people we love, right? We hold them accountable because we want them to change. We want them to do better. And this movie is not beyond reproach. I have a question. I have not seen the play, but does the movie reflect... It's two part, two part question. Does the movie reflect reflect the play? Is the play the same way? Is it uh, representative of the movie, or do the actors like not represent the entire community as like the film does? That's the first part. And the second part, I'm curious too, is in the making of this film, did they reach out to community leaders in Washington Heights to make sure that they got it right? Well, we know they didn't, but I'm just curious as if they even did their research. To answer the first part of your question, when I saw the play, I saw it at Lehman College and it was performed by the students who were predominantly Dominican. I never saw the Broadway show, but what I've heard is that the Broadway show was also a mix of um, Latinos, right? But um, we want authenticity and we want representation, right? If you're going to do to perform the role of a Dominican, please sell me on it, right? Mm. Um, and th th this wasn't the case in this movie, hmm. right? Um, there are some storyline changes in the from the play to the movie because, of course, you're putting this in film. You're making this more marketable for Hollywood, right? So um, I know that the writer, Kiara Hughes, changed quite a few things, and so did um, Lin-Manuel. And also, did they reach out to community leaders like myself, who has been living here all my life, and I'm very, you know... Um, entrenched in the community? No, not that I'm aware of. Hmm. Um, and that was, you know, that was a, another question that I had. If, if this was an issue with casting, if it was an issue that you couldn't find Afro-Latinos, if you couldn't find Afro-Dominicans, if you couldn't find actors who had SAGs, SAG award, you know, tell us. SAG cards, yeah, yeah. Say it. Right. Because if if you're intentional about being authentic to this community, you're going to do the utmost to make sure that you get the right people for these roles. Mm -hmm. And a simple Google search, because I've done it myself. If you Google Afro-Dominican actors or Afro-Latino actors, you will get a long list. Mm -hmm. Well, OK, so I have a couple of questions. One is that so Lin-Manuel Miranda was responsible for the music and the lyrics of the play in the mm -hmm. Heights, right? So the, the Broadway production was basically his production. Yes. Am I right about that? Yes. Okay. And so then obviously he's had, he had tremendous success with that. Then he had tremendous success with Hamilton. Um, and now he's got carte blanche to do whatever he wants. He wants to bring it to the screen. There were none of these same problems in any of his stage productions of it oh he got a lot of backlash for hamilton well no no not not hamilton um yeah i'm aware of the hamilton backlash and <laughs> i've got some of that lash right here but uh, uh but um in terms of this particular play with this particular uh audience were, were there any criticisms of in the heights when it was a stage play no not as much as today you know today we are hyper aware of Anne. 
Mm. Um, this generation is is quick to hold you accountable. We will find everything wrong. <laughs> so when- I guess my question, my question is, because of that, Angie, if there wasn't as much criticism about it as a stage play than it was as a movie, is it possible that Lin-Manuel Miranda thought this has been around for like 20 years or X amount of years. I think it came out in 2005. So not quite 20 years. Everything's okay. Everything's all good. Like he has, I think Dasha Polanco's in there and that's what the people that are pushing back. They're saying, hey, lines. Right. <laughs> right. To push it back there. People are pushing back and saying, Hey, is it possible that in this particular situation, he just goes, Hey, we did this. Um, we've been doing this for a very, very long time as a play. We'll make the movie the same way and nobody's going to have an issue with it. Oh, definitely. I think that was his thought process. But when this trailer came out in December of 2019, um, he got a lot of backlash because the trailer mm-hmm. was a bunch of, you know, white Latins. And mm-hmm. they asked him about it. And his question was that, you know, his response was that these, these we couldn't include everyone's story, that we shouldn't put an undue burden on representation. And you know, his his response was lacking. And we were hoping that with the backlash that he was getting from the trailer, that he would, you know, say, do something about the casting, but that wasn't the case. Hmm. Hmm. Angie, for the people who, who may say, like for those who are responding to the backlash, so for those people who may say, hey, I have representation fatigue, what would you say to that? representation fatigue yeah oh my god i know it it gets it gets tiring to hear us it does it gets tiring but we we cannot get tired of you know of sharing our grievances of representation we still have a long way to go we and the only way we can get change is by continuing to speak up Mm-hmm. If we don't hold people accountable, if we don't say what we see wrong in, in film and, and books and TV, everything is going to remain the same. We're never going to see ourselves on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I So last question. You said something. Well, last question for me. You said something just a second ago. You said white Latins. Mm-hmm. So this is very important. All right. Mm-hmm. Now. Uh, we should talk about the the root interview um, because one of the actresses came back. She said in the audition process, she was asked about this in the audition process. There was a long audition process. There were a lot of Afro Latinas in there, a lot of darker skinned people. And I think they were just looking for the right people for the roles. Mm-hmm. Um, she said for the person that embodied each character in the full to the fullest extent. I think we all uh, are very much like our character so much that a lot of times it didn't even feel like we were acting. So she basically she said, said she should not we, have answered that question. Well, she's basically, well, her basic thing is. She um, embarrassed herself. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, were you personally offended by that response? First, of first course. thing I asked you. Of yeah. course, because she she basically said there aren't good enough Afro-Latinos to play these right. roles. Yeah. Right. In so yeah. many words. That's what she said. Mm. That's what mm. she said. I, I feel that, you know, I hope that these conversations open their eyes to to see what's wrong with this film. I mean, I think Leslie Grace did mention it during the interview that she said, it took me doing this film to realize that there wasn't enough representation, right? She said something to that to that liking and that she wants this movie to break the glass ceiling so that she could see, you know, her darker colleagues 
play these major roles. Um, but I don't know. Um, I, I'm hoping that people grow and gain more and become more aware and stop making these really ignorant comments because that's what they sound like. I mean, even the director, he said that he was schooled on representation on the Heights. And I was like, who schooled you? Lin-Manuel? Because Lin-Manuel is not Dominican. And, you know, Lin-Manuel lives on the rich side off Broadway. He he doesn't live in in the barrio of of, Washington Heights. Hmm. He lives in a multi-million dollar condo off Broadway. He comes through the Heights when he probably has to take the one train on 191st Street. Mm. Wow, dropping, he, dropping not, out here with, not out here with us so this was my actual question my actual question was um the movie has right now a 97 percent review rating on rotten tomatoes it's really well reviewed however financially it kind of flopped i heard um yeah so financially the movie uh, and obviously it was available on streamers and it was in, in the theater. So, you know, we don't know how much of the streaming market take away, but I've read articles today, the movie underperformed. Now there are a lot of people who are going to say, uh, that the sort of dialogue that's being had right now about the film may have contributed to people being less than enthused to see it. And that that in and of itself hurts uh, a Latin America, a Latin, a Latin American, a Latin X product, which then in turn might stop more products like this from being greenlit at studios and being made. If it were the case that the criticism from people like yourself actually hurt the film, and if it were the case that the film doing low box office stopped other films like this with Latinx people from being made, would you still say that the criticism of In the Heights was worth it? Yes, of course. It's always going to be worth it. Of course. Um, you know, part of my work is centered around uplifting my Afro-Latino community. And that's not going to change whether we're in the box office or not. Um, and I feel that those are valid points to bring up, right? But we also need to remember that, you know, we're still in COVID. People are still not comfortable going into movie theaters, right? And spending, and not necessarily spending the money, but going into movie theaters. People aren't comfortable just yet. Um, I've seen the movie a couple of times. I encourage people to go see the film. Yes, go enjoy it. It is a beautiful film. Just know that it's not about Dominicans. It is a beautiful, artistically made film. Is gorgeous. You're going to connect with many instances of the film, are, like I said, are Latino stories that need to be mainstream. But I just want people to know that just because it's named in the Heights, do not expect your Dominicanism to be exalted in this film because it's not. Mm. Mm. Um, my last question, it's it's a another two-parter. Going back to the actress who um, made the comments about the problematic comments, I to play devil's advocate, do you think that some of these actors 
are justified in being defensive because it's I, I like she, what she said was completely wrong, but it sounds like she's on the defense because uh, I'm, I'm not sure if it was her, but there were two women that were interviewed in, in that Roots interview. And one of them was saying how, you know, like how hard they work to get this spot. So they seem a little defensive that there's criticism because it feels like there's taking away from their talent in their work. Do you, do you think they're justifying justified in being defensive and then the, the second part I have is just to close it out for the next film, because we're hoping that there are many more that can showcase the Latin community. What would you say needs to be done for them to do better and to get it right the next go around? She has all her right to feel that, you know, to feel defensive because we're basically saying you shouldn't have been in that role, Right. And in her eyes, she's worked very hard to be in this role. So I get that. I totally get that. But at the same time, she needs to acknowledge the, the lack of Afro-Latino representation. That's all she had to say. Mm -hmm. That's it. You know, we're not telling her that she's not a good actress. She was just not the best person for that role. Um, and in terms of your second um, question, Look, there's so many great movies out there who have hit the mark on representation. Dominican films as well. There's Vampires of the Bronx that was um, written and produced by Oswald Rodriguez. There was De Lo Mio, which is now on HBO Max. There's quite a few films made by Dominican Americans that have hit the mark. Um, the, the issue is that many of us, unless we see a big star on the screen, we don't run to support these films. And we have to, no matter how small the budget was, we need to support them because that's how we get our foot in the door, mm -hmm. right? That's how we get more of these films greenlit. But if no one's out there attending the screenings and supporting and talking about these movies, then yes, big production companies like Warner Brothers and whatnot are going to say nobody wants to see these stories because no one is supporting them. You know, we had one day at a time that, uh, which was a great um, series on Netflix, and it was canceled. Mm. Right. So it's not that we don't have representation. There is. We just need to be a, do a much better job at su at supporting it. Um, and I just hope that Lin Manuel learns from these conversations that we are having, and that he continues opening the doors for Latinos in Hollywood, and mm. that he and that he does his homework when it comes to representation of Af uh, the Afro-Latino community. Or maybe he just stick to what he knows. Maybe his next movie will be called <laughs> In the Whites. You know? <laughs> so I don't know. Him, some musical about how things me. are on the Upper West Side. And that's what everybody's <laughs> calling the movie now. In the, the Whites. Are, the really? <laughs> are they really? I didn't know that. Go on Twitter, man. Right. In the Whites. I didn't see that. <laughs> Wow. All right, Angie, listen, um, thank you so much. I don't know yes. why. I don't know why Rachel said she was getting representation fatigue. I think it's always dope to have conversations I did not. like this. Like, I like uh, to speak to the other side for those who may right, say something. So, so weird. Uh, but Angie, <laughs> we appreciate you. Um, and I think, you know, we'll let people decide whether or not they're going to see the movie. Yeah, um, go, definitely but, go see the movie and support it. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful film. Please go support it. Don't, do not boycott this film. 
Just be aware. We're also speaking about canceling Le Manuel Miranda and boycotting the film. No, go see it, support it in the in the box office so that those numbers go up and so that we get more movies into theaters. All right. Thank you so much for joining us yes, today on Higher Learning, Angie. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Angie, once again. But we should say right now that Lin-Manuel Miranda has made a statement. And the statement reads like this. He has addressed the controversy surrounding In the Heights. He says, I started writing In the Heights because I didn't feel seen. And over the past 20 years, I, all I wanted for us, all of us, was to feel seen. I'm seeing the discussion around Afro-Latino representation in our film this weekend. And it is clear that many in our dark-skinned Afro-Latina Latino community don't feel sufficiently represented within it, particularly among the leading roles. I can hear the hurt and frustration over colorism of feeling unseen in the feedback. I hear that without sufficient dark-skinned Latino representation, the work feels extractive, extractive of the community we wanted so much to represent with pride and joy. I'm still... I'm trying to paint a mosaic of this community. We fell short. I'm truly sorry. I'm learning from the feedback. I thank you for raising it, and I'm listening. I'm trying to hold space for both the incredible pride in the movie we made and be accountable for our shortcomings. Very, very tough gig to pull off right there. Thanks for your honest feedback. I promise to do better in my future projects, and I'm dedicated to learning and evolving. We all have to do uh, to make sure we all have to do that to make sure we are honoring our diverse and vibrant community. Simpre. Simpre. Is it Simpre? What, what does that mean? Siempre. Always. Oh, Simpre. Ooh. Simpre, uh, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. So that was his, how do you feel like he addressed that? What do you think? Listen, I think he said everything that you should say. I mean, all you can do is acknowledge what is being what is being put out there. Uh, acknowledge what the community is saying. Acknowledge that you are wrong and make a commitment to do better in the future. Cause he can't go back and change this movie. It's out there now. I was thinking when I, when I read it though, and I wish this is a question we could have asked Angie when we had her on is, is this the first time that these issues have been addressed in regards to in the Heights? Even I asked her that. And did, but what did she say? Oh no, she said the play, she said the play was diverse, right? Well, no, she diverse. said, she said she, he had been hearing it. He had what? He, she said he had been hearing it. What do you mean? She said that well, if I and we can we can do a higher learning rewind, but I if 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 I remember her answer correct correctly, she said that that's not the first time this has been raised, even oh, about the stage yeah, play. Okay. It just wasn't as big of a deal. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough. It's tough. Representation is hard. It's, it is. It's, it's, yeah, you have to make sure you have to do it intentionally. And and I was, you know, how I am. I'm always like, why haven't we heard from you yet? And he responded right. pretty quickly. And I yeah. and like that's that's all you can do. Okay. Well, he says they respond future. overly quickly. Well, the it's film Monday, came out. The film Friday. came out Friday. The yeah. criticism I started saw over the weekend, and yeah. Thur- he replied Thursday. Monday. Thursday. Uh, it came Friday, out Thursday. I mean, well, no, the, the, the it started around. It started oh, okay. Thursday, Friday. So I mean, it's not like he got popping. It and I wonder if he would have responded if the movie's first week numbers would have been better, or if he would have felt the need to respond. I'm not saying he wouldn't have. I'm just saying that you know, it's, it's absolutely. Of course, Lin Manuel yeah. Miranda. I I can't wait to. I I I like Lin Manuel Miranda. I can't wait to see what he does next, and I look forward to seeing how he incorporates that in future projects. All right, let's take a break real quick. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. 
We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. All right. Uh, I saw one of my favorite movies. It was down in Mississippi. It's called Revenge of the Whites. Okay? That's what happened. So this okay. is one of the most interesting stories I've seen regarding high school in a long time because I don't really pay attention to what's going on in high school. But look, two white families in Mississippi in a place called West Point, Mississippi, were upset. They were upset because they thought their kids should have been the valedictorian, salutatorian, salutatorian of a school. Okay, two black kids got these situations. Uh, these family, these, the two black kids were Akira Washington and Layla Temple, named valedictorian and salutatorian uh, for West Point High School in the 2021 class. They were super excited about it, super excited about it, until the parents of Emma Berry and Dominic Borgoli, who were also near the top of the class, had an issue with it. They demanded after a meeting, that the school do a recount, recalculate their students' grade point averages, and after they did this, everybody was named co-everything. They added them as valedictorian and salutatorian to that. Now, here was the here's the rub. The two kids, black kids, that were originally given this honor had weighted GPAs. If you're in high school and you take and you take a class. And it, uh, it's AP or it's gifted. You get an extra point for it. They'll shoot your grade point average all the way up, especially if you have, if things are a tie, you get extra credit for taking harder classes. Uh, apparently, these other kids didn't have those classes and they wanted them calculated on the unweighted scale. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, from what I read, and tell me if I'm wrong, Rachel, in the handbook of the school, it actually says that the unweighted scale is the metric that they should use to figure out who the valedictorian and the salutatorian are. All right. That's what the article said, yes. That's what the article said. Okay, given that that's the fact, given, given that that's the fact, and it seems as if the school actually was kind of going by the letter of the law and recalculating this, mm-hmm. do you have a problem with them doing so? Because everybody is co now, <clears throat> they had to share the honors, uh, and also something else, one of the girls who whose parents complained, they actually added some coursework for her exactly. while she was in there. And there's some talk that this one of the families down in Mississippi uh, has a big name and might have pressured the school into including uh, some of the kids that were left out at first. So given all that information, we're talking about it. Because I remember I saw this story started to go around. People were like, okay, well, did they make a, did they make a mistake or did they not make a mistake? Yeah. Knowing that they kind of did make a mistake, do you have a problem with everything that happened here? I mean, if the if that's the rule, then that's the rule. But my I have a lot of questions surrounding it. 
Like mm-hmm. one with these families, these non-black families, would they have questioned it if the two valedictorians were not black? Two, mm. the counselor is the one who calculates the GPAs. Why did this counselor do a weighted grade point average? Is this was the counselor new? Has it was this the first time they've done it? Has this been done and maybe this has never been brought to the uh, principal's attention? Is this something where they said, you know what, it makes more sense to do weighted grade point average because these classes are a lot harder and there should be some type of credit given for that? I, there just seems to be a lot. And then the fact that they didn't even tell these black families that they were going to be co-valedictorian and salutatorian makes it seem even more fishy. It's almost as if they knew that there was something wrong. They knew it would be a problem. They tried to hide it and then mm-hmm. just kind of have them di- like learn with everybody yeah. else at the last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that the families who were at it, the non-black families, when they did when they did get their honors, they posted the two of them and didn't include the other two valedictorians at a part of it as well. So there just seems to be some underlying issues with this uh, because it is Mississippi, because this is a city or town that is segregated. Mm-hmm. Um, it There seems to be something in the water here where I understand why people are saying, hmm, the family is, is determining if they should file a lawsuit against the school. There's got to be some type of basis for the lawsuit. And if this is the handbook, if this is the rule in the handbook, and that's it, then they would have no basis of, for a lawsuit. So I feel like there has to be something else there. Hmm. Um, you brought up some things that I left out in, in giving the 360 of that. Number one is that when they changed this, they didn't tell the kids, like Rachel just said. They, yeah. the, the two prior valedictorians and salutatorians, uh, they showed up and were informed at the graduation ceremony, which is <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. They were informed at the graduation ceremony that this was the thing. And so, uh, you know, now they have two extras. And then I guess the vice principal, the guidance counselor, whoever it was, apologized at that at that uh, that ceremony and said, hey, I'll let you guys all down. Here's my thing. If it's if they got the rule wrong, they got the rule wrong. Yeah, I have no problem with that. I guess my problem is, I guess my question is, like your question is, what happened the year before? The year before that they used weighted GPAs or non-weighted GPAs? The year yep. before that, that they used weighted GPAs or non-weighted GPAs? Like you said, is this a brand new guidance counselor? Like what, because really what happens now is the kids were really victimized. Right. And this is so important. The kids are, were victimized by somebody else's error, but they were also victimized by the history of where they live. Mm-hmm. Because had this happened in a, in a, in a culture, excuse me, in a society or in a place that was more homogenous, like if everybody was white, yeah, yeah. Um, and everybody was semi well to do, and everybody was doing okay, then this might not be an issue, right? Because you go, hey, it's in the handbook this way, you do whatever. But because these divisions that we've created, so inherent distrust, everybody's looking for a reason why. And I'm not saying that there's not a reason why. I'm just saying that we're trained to look for a reason why something like this would be happening. Yeah. And the under the underlying the the I mean the underlay here is, hey, we're black. We couldn't possibly be the valedictorian salutatorian of this school. It has to be two white kids. So let's find out where the mistake was made. Now, all of that might not be true, or it all may yeah. be true, but we just don't know because we're so fractured as a society. Hmm. We just don't know. So that's kind of the whole thing I thought when I said this. But I knew when the when the article went around though, and I don't know if, if you felt this way. I did something that I 
I read the article dispassionately because the headline to the article was obviously meant to say, hey, look at this injustice that happened. That it was. And so what I want to do in my life is go in and read the flesh of the article and make my own decision about whether or not an injustice happened here. Sure. And I and just like you, I, I don't really know. I can't be sure. Yeah. I have more questions than I have opinions in the, the matter with this. But to the to the to the two black young women, I hope that they use this this incident to like as the fuel what fuels them for whatever they just go on to do in life. Cause this is a big moment, you know? Uh, and maybe that it'll, you know, like encourage them to do something else. I don't know, fight for, you know, uh, justice or equality or civil rights, who knows, but um, they definitely have a story to tell after this, but I hope it doesn't discourage them or make them become jaded in life along the way. Uh, so this is something that's going to interest you a lot. The Democrats um, are looking at, a quote-unquote patriot tax. I love the name. It's a patriot tax. <laughs> so the patriot tax, so everybody out there that's doing pretty well, like Rachel and Brian are, listen to this. The patriot tax would be a one-time surcharge of 2.5% on wealth between 50 and $100 million. So that's Rachel. And, and a 5% tax on wealth above $100 million uh, bucks. Wealthy people will be able to pay the tax over a five-year period, okay? Uh, research by the Democrats that are looking into this, the Ways and Means Commission that uh, uh, Rep- Representative Suzio is is uh, the, the head of, um, or he sits on, should I say, uh, says that over the course of its life, it could raise about $450 billion. Now, one of the reasons why Suzio says he's looking into this is because he's exploring ways to sort of look at the fact that wealthy Americans were affected far less by the pandemic than uh, poorer Americans. Mm -hmm. And this might be a way to maybe close that gap a little bit. One-time tax on the rich, not even one-time tax on the rich. Let's just ask a question more broadly. Taxing the rich out the eyes for simply being rich is Rachel for or against? I am for it. You like it? Well, first of all, it's called the Patriots Tax, which I just love. Come on, be mm-hmm. a patriot. Get taxed. You know, like mm-hmm. do it for your country. The red, white, and the blue. I I'm for it. Listen, it was it's interesting what 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 they say in this article because billionaires pay little in taxes when it's compared to their wealth gains. That's important. Mm -hmm. So they keep making money off of, because of their wealth, right? Not because of necessarily what their check is, what their salary is. And the United States federal federal system is, uh, or tax system is based on income, not the Mm -hmm. wealth gains. So they keep getting richer and richer. And you posted a very interesting post on Instagram that Mm -hmm. shows how the rich keep getting richer and nothing is changing for everyone else. Mm -hmm. So my thing is, if you're making that much money, a one-time tax really isn't going to hurt you that much. And I know I shouldn't speak on people's money or like what they have or what they don't have, but the, the disparity and the wealth gap is getting worse and worse and worse and there's nothing to make it better. My only concern is, I would I would want to see how this money is allocated. So the the what I posted on Instagram is this. This is from the desk of Bernie Sanders. 
the 400 richest Americans uh, wealth in 1991, $288 billion. The 400 richest Americans wealth in 2021, $3.2 trillion. Tipped minimum wage in 1991, $213 an hour. Tipped minimum wage in 2021, $213 an hour. So if you're a fucking server, busting your ass, working basically on tips, you don't deserve to make more money in America. But see, if you got a billion dollars, you get to watch your wealth go up five times, 10 times maybe. And that's fair. Listen, here's the thing. And look, I, I hope to have enough money to be comfortable one day. We're all existing in the capitalist system, right? Mm-hmm. So either, you know, either you make money or you want to make money. All right. Some people figure out a different way and I enjoy those people. All right. Um, but I guess my thing is this. The Patriot tax, calling it a Patriot tax is actually the most apt thing to call it. Chomsky <laughs> writes, it, it, seriously, Chomsky writes that if people meant what they said about being patriots, mm-hmm. they would celebrate on tax day. This is what I love. I love the name. Yes. Like they would celebrate on tax day because tax day would be a day where you come out and you pay money to get. Now there's a couple of reasons why maybe they don't. I don't think most people know or have any clue. I know that I don't know where their tax money goes. Yeah. I think if people knew, if people had more faith in government, that their tax money was going to something that uh, they could believe in and that was making things better, then they would be, they would be. You think so? No, no bullshit. Bullshit. No, No, they wouldn't. Because, you know, I'm saying that. I don't know why I'm regurgitating Joe Rogan fucking talking points. That's bullshit. No, they wouldn't. Yeah, People they say totally that. wouldn't. But I, I think a lot of Americans would be more content with uh, with if they had more faith in the government and, and paying taxes. But the rich mm-hmm. of the rich of the rich of the rich would still try to find a way to not do it because it has nothing to do about economics at that point. It has to do about greed and winning. You just want to have the most money. You want to have a bigger bank account than Gates or you want to have a bigger bank account than Buffett. It's about how much of the world that I can control. Yeah. And people are so inspired by that type of hyper wealth. And I get that. But I am more horrified by homelessness than I am inspired by Jeff Bezos. Mm-hmm. And that type of America is just not it's not enticing to me so yeah if you can pay a little bit more and you can help some people out and if we have the right people in some of these structures to 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 help some people out and, and build some more safety nets in this society why the fuck not we're the richest country in the world and and we have income inequality that's that's really disgusting it's so true what you say about Jeff Bezos versus seeing like the homeless situation. And I'm saying that from being new to LA and, uh-huh. and seeing it in a way that I've never seen before. You right. don't see it. I, I know homelessness is everywhere, but you don't see it like this in Dallas, Texas, where I'm from. And I didn't see it like this in Miami. The way I see it here, you can't escape it. So mm. yeah, like I think about it all the time because it's right here. Compa- like, so yeah, I, I totally get that. I'm, I'm all for the Patriot text. How can we support this? How can we support this? Okay. I'm sure they'll be drumming it up right now. Boy, the Republicans gone flambate I mean, we know this is not going to go anywhere, <laughs> but it's nice to gone. dream, right? right? Like, isn't it the, fun? <laughs> the Republicans have a base that uh, thinks themselves rich for some reason. 
The Republicans have 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 tricked people in Middle America and in Appalachia, parts of Florida, Panhandle, Georgia. They think that all of that shit's gonna work for them. God damn it! I'll I'll tell you what, man. Racism is a great great blinder sure. of society. Because I'm telling you, man, if not for those really those divisions that don't even matter, the proletariat of this country could be so unstoppable. Mm-hmm. But we just don't understand what it is that we have in common. Uh, oh, we got a very special treat on the other side of the break. My cousin's going to be on the podcast, Glenn Big Baby Davis from the Celtics. He's going to talk about some things that he said about Kyrie Irving. Uh, some things that people think are inappropriate and all fucked up. And I can't really and, argue with and that. And they are. <laughs> I can't really really argue with that. But we're going to have Glenn on the other side of this when we come back. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, Visit JiffyLube.com. I'm here. Yo! Yo! <laughs> well, it's about Hi. damn time. Hold up, cuz. Hold up, cuz. One second, cuz. Oh, hold on for a second. Hire he gonna be audience. late and put us on hold. He about to put us on hold. <laughs> Hire learning audience. We're checking in with a member of my family, my cousin, my first cousin, Glenn Big Baby Davis, formerly of uh, the Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Clippers. Um... Glenn has put us on hold, and now we're not looking at straight up some sort of logo. (laughs) But it's important that we talk to him because he's in um, the middle of some some controversy right now. Rach, yeah, he is. Yeah. (laughs) So I'll tell you guys what happened before Glenn gets back on. Let him know. So Kyrie Irving uh, twisted his ankle. Kyrie Irving is a basketball player, point guard for the Brooklyn Nets. One of the most what. What? Hey, cuz. <laughs> what they talking about, cuz? So look, so look. Let me ask you a question, look, cuz. Let me ask you a question, seriously. Seriously. Wait, 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 you... wait till wait till the signal gets uh-huh. better. You're frozen, Glenn. Glenn, okay. Glenn, you back? <laughs> I'm frozen. <laughs> yeah, you froze, but you back now. You back? Stay, stay in one place though. You see me? Yeah, I, we see you. Stay in one place though. <laughs> All right, so I got to ask you something. <laughs> now, people mad at you, man. They say that you made fun of Kyrie Irving's injury. So, let, like, this is what happened. Kyrie Irving seemingly stumped on the Celtics logo. Glenn is a proud Celtics player. And when Kyrie hurt his ankle, all right, Glenn came out and you said, is that the same ankle he stumped on Lucky with? Do, were you Were you taking... Were you having fun with the fact that Kyrie hurt himself? I was having fun. We don't want nobody to get hurt, cuz. Like, you know that. Like, yeah, we want everybody to be healthy. But goddamn, like, can I make fun of it now? You stomped on Lucky, right? 
you stomped on his eye and he came back. Not the eye. And he got and, and he got his get back. <laughs> Glenn! Glenn, Glenn bro, this is the third you can't, time. Glenn, Glenn, you can't say this that, third, bro. You tweeted it, <laughs> then you made a video. But, but, now that, you but, on the podcast saying Have you seen my Instagram? Have you seen the people that what they're saying to me? What, what are, they are they saying? saying? Go look at my Instagram, you you piece of shit, you fat fuck. You these are people who've never played basketball in their entire life, and they're telling me what the fuck I've done. I'm an overachiever, cuz tell them where we from, cuz we 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 ain't supposed to make it. We're not Baton Rouge. Louisiana. You know what I'm saying? So like whatever yeah. they talk about, I'm an overachiever where I'm from. So they don't like they all the all the them them words and stuff, they don't they don't bother me. But at the end of the day. I am standing for, a, a, you know, the right shit. No bullshit mentality. And, and, and that's what it is. Like, I'm just saying my piece. Like, I think it's, I, I think it's, I think Lucky is just funny. He's a funny guy. But, but, but <laughs> Glenn, are you, don't you have anything else to say? That that Kyrie heard it. No, I don't have nothing else to say. I don't. I don't have nothing else to say. Why? Why would I have anything else to say? For what? Do you do you apologize? Do you apologize to Kyrie Irving for saying what you said about Lucky and stomping on the logo? He stomped on Lucky's eye. What I gotta say to him? I don't. I hope you better. You know what I'm saying? But then that's what you get for stomping on Lucky. Like goddamn, you ain't have to do that. And I think you treat those like you want to be treated, right? And I don't care if it's a logo. Imagine, you know, how how they feel about, imagine how people feel about the American flag, right? You, you, like, it's a flag, but it represents something. It doesn't just, it's not just, oh, something, they just wave represents something, no matter what you say about it. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. at once upon a time, I would go over and beyond for that thing. Mm. And that's what it feels like when you win a championship. And when you, like, it's not just that year. It's the history. It's everything that that that's a part of that thing. And, like, as basketball players, we have a job to stay within our lines and represent ourselves the most positive way. Stepping on a logo is just just, just showing your immaturity and, 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 and that the fact that you don't understand that this game of basketball is bigger than self. It's not just that moment. It's everybody that stood for that moment, that team. So, you know, I, mm. I said what I said. Like, you know, karma's a motherfucker. Like, you know, I, you, you, you treat those how you want to be treated, no matter what it is. A logo, a sign, a symbol. Like, it's crazy. Hmm. So here's the deal. I guess this is my last question. You said you don't want people to be hurt. Everybody hear that. My little cousin says he doesn't want anybody to be hurt, all right? But this is what I'll ask you. What has to happen now for Lucky and Kyrie to be straight again? <laughs> like, How can Kyrie squash it with Lucky? I'm asking a question. It's a serious question. Because, look, I, like the reality is that if Lucky got these type of powers, I, I happen to love Kyrie Irving. I adore uh-huh. watching him play. I think he's a great athlete. I think he stands for stuff. But I don't want to see him at, at odds or beefing with Lucky. What does he have to do to, to squash what? this with Lucky? All he has to do is be Kyrie Irving. Stay within his lines of who he is as an individual. When you go and go beyond and step on a logo, you're doing something that, that that's just different. Like you're not staying within who you are and your purpose. You know, mm. you're such a you're such a philanthropist, this philanthropist person, whatever you say, whatever. He he wants to change the world in so many ways. Like, that's not how you do it. 
And I don't care if you feel like it was little or like you are a person of a, your figure and every little thing matters. I don't care, if, you know, how the way you drink your straw, how the way you, you know, eat your food, Kyrie Irving, everything matters. And you have to understand that. And so for him to do that is just, for him to get the curse off him, he just has to stay in his lane and be who he is and, you know, in respect of this. He'll be okay. I got a serious question for you. I got a serious, I got a fun question for you. Okay. Serious question. Maybe not everybody had the same experience in Boston that you had. Because Kyrie has been outspoken about racism that he faced while he was in Boston. So maybe mm. the experience that he had was a little justified. Maybe he feels a different way. So do you but, feel like, oh, go ahead. You, you know what? I, when are we going to stop using this racism thing as an excuse, right? Why couldn't it be just the fact that a, a, a passionate Celtic fan, you know, loves his team and, and, and you know, it, it's not like, we don't know what nobody said. We don't know. Kyrie could be just saying that. Nobody knows. I just know my experience. You think, he, you think, you think he would lie about that, Glenn? Bro, bro, at the end of the day, dog, like, why would you even say some shit like that if you have no proof, my brother? Like, if nobody can justify or say anything, like, why would you even put that kind of connotation on we're trying to get past this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's my thing. I've never experienced no, no, no racism in Boston ever in my life. No white person has came up to me and told me this or that, or it could, you know, I'm just thinking it's an emotional fan. That's, that's, that's in his feelings about how the way he did his part in Boston. And that, and that was some, some, some shitty shit because at the end of the day, we all know he was trying to get KD to Boston. Boston was the destination because they ultimately wanted to be a Lakers and a, and, and a Celtics. Well, you're, so, so like your experience may not be the same as Kyrie. Just because you didn't experience racism doesn't mean that Kyrie or another player didn't experience it. You just don't like Kyrie. No, it's not that. It's just the fact that like, just be real. Don't be fake. You know what I mean? Don't be fake. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like he has an issue with Boston, and 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 that's what I'm saying. Like him stepping on the thing. Like, come on, he has a a, a total issue with them. Hmm. They're fans. They're the best fans in the world. They're gonna be emotional. They're gonna be tired. Of, you know, we don't know what they said, but if there's racism, yeah, shame on you, Boston. But at the end of the day, we don't know. So let's move forward. Let's let's put the steps to move forward. That's something in the past that he was talking about. And okay. he didn't even have to speak on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he brought that up because he has an issue with Boston. You know, Boston don't have an issue. Yeah, we have an issue with him now, but Boston never had an issue with him. They wanted him to be there. Like, he's one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game. Like, why would they throw backlash? You know what I mean? Like, it's just a fan in basketball that's just tied together. And, you know, we got to get the emotional stuff out of it, you know? Glenn. Glenn, now you can speak to something that we can't speak to because, you know, we're not we're not Van's family. We didn't grow up with Van, but he refers to it multiple times on this podcast. What kind of basketball player was Van? Van was solid. Yeah. You know, he and that he was in he was he would kill you know, he was yeah. in the bottom. Yeah. He was at the bottom. You know what I'm saying? I was I was I was in the bottom. I was in the, in bottom. the bottom. I wasn't. Yeah, I was in the bottom. You know what? Ask, ask the other basketball players. Ask 
Collis about me. Ask the guy, ask the guys yeah, I, in my I, age I group. I remember, I remember you were solid. You know, solid. You did a little bit of everything. You were solid. Yeah, play the that game. That don't sound good. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on, hold on for a second. But hold on for a second. You're talking to a guy that went to the fucking NBA. Was, was like was one of the best players in LSU history. I didn't ask him to compare. I'm not comparing you. I asked him. He said you were solid. See what I'm talking was about? Solid. Not good. Solid, not great. Not was solid. Just Let me solid. tell you something. Let me be honest solid. with you, though. He had his you, days. You know what I'm saying? I had my days. He had so, his days. So he was my inconsistent. Days. <laughs> I had my days. <laughs> All right. Because we're going to let you go. We appreciate you. Hey, tell everybody what you're up to right now. Hey. Tell everybody what you're doing. Hey, you know, I got the Big Baby podcast coming to of y'all course. soon. Of course. Um, I uh, got, got some movies coming out. I just did The Lincoln Lawyer. That's dope. Um, they're doing like a show series on Netflix for that. You cuz doing that. And by the way, cuz, I'm so fucking proud of you, dude. Thank you. Brother. I'm so proud of you, cuz, bro. I'm so proud of you, brother. Like, for what you... What you've been doing and just standing on your two feet, getting away from the motherfuckers and going there and, <laughs> and going to get that motherfucking Emmy on that motherfucking ass. So cold, motherfucker. You understand me? That shit was so cold, cuz. I love you, bitch. I love yeah. you too, little cuz. I love you, man. <laughs> All right. We're going to let you go. We out of here. Appreciate you, bro. Bye, Glenn. All right, bro. Bye. Bye. All right. There he was. <clears throat> I feel like wow. he doubled down. I'm not going to lie. No, no, no. I, he, he tripled down. I feel because, like he doubled well, down. I, I thought we were going somewhere when he started off talking about, I was just fun, having fun. But then he's hit the same things that he's been saying on Twitter, yeah. on social, on the on his Instagram, in the media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't agree. We don't agree. Love Let's my cousin. Clear. Yeah. Love my cousin. But I mean. Is somebody I ringing think- my doorbell? Hello? Well, we we wouldn't know that, Van. Hello? Sorry about that. You were if saying? anything, you knew that, which I find very interesting. We heard him say what he said, and I think we both didn't agree with that. So all credibility was pretty much lost when he tried to stand by your basketball skills. I can play basketball. Well, we don't know. Listen to the things he said in that conversation. I'm like, I can play why believe basketball. Him, why believe I'm him a- on that when he was saying the other stuff? You know I mean, he talked about Lucky like he was in y'all's family as well. Lucky yeah. Lathan. Lucky Lathan. Lucky Lathan. <laughs> Can you imagine if a four-foot white dude came to the family reunion dressed up like a leprechaun? <laughs> Lucky Lathan. <laughs> Have you ever seen the black leprechaun thing? Oh, I don't like it. I don't like shit like that, man. Like, I don't... I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Remember when they thought they had the leprechaun in the tree? You're talking about, have you, listen, Rachel's no, laughing. it's none of that. It's the sketch. That's what got me in the whole thing when they, when they had a sketch of what the leprechaun looked like. And this was so, on local news. So, Man. you guys, so here's the deal. This is what Rachel's <laughs> doing. So, this is, this is, this is, I, I'll tell you guys Can real we play quick. It? Yeah, we should, we should. I, I'll tell you guys real quick. The most epic time of the internet wasn't now. Now everything on the internet is contrived, right? So if something goes really viral, most of the time people were trying to go viral, right? It's right, a whole right, art now. Right. But early on in the days of the internet, just crazy, like it was a it was a great moment in viral history, like Afro Ninja, the fucking uh the uh the the it's a it's a Manny Mall, that commercial with the guy in Oklahoma trying to sell the furniture. 
uh, Bub Rub and Lil Sis out in Oakland with the uh, with the special tires, and this one. And hide your kids, hide your wife. That hide all. your kids, hide your wife. The whole nine, they're raping everybody. And this one, okay. There was also one that happened actually not too long ago, where it, it wasn't. It was like some years ago. I just it's so funny to me. And so there was a guy they were they were introducing them. They were they were interviewing him in Philly. And they were talking about this guy in Philly that was going around like robbing people and hurting people. And they were like, and he said to the camera, he goes, well, I hope he don't try that on me because I keep that thing on me and he will get clapped. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God. And he will get clapped. Um, but no, they were talking to these these black people. I don't know where this was. And they thought they I had a I think it was in Mississippi. That, they had a leprechaun that lived in their neighborhood. They thought so. And they kept talking about the leprechaun. These people were serious as fuck. And then they drew the leprechaun. And they, they drew, drew the, leprechaun. the leprechaun. And if you go watch it right now, <sighs> no, no, no. I feel like- Please put the picture up right now of, the, of what the leprechaun looks like. This was on the local news, reported on the local- This wasn't a YouTube thing. No. It was reported it was on, the local on the local news. Right. Yeah. They, and, he, uh, and not only was he there, he also, they were looking for the pot of gold. Let's just yeah. be clear. Right, so it's just it's not one of you know it like it's just fucking funny. It's just fucking funny. That uh, local news should be ashamed of themselves, and I'm pretty sure it was in Mississippi. Yeah, and by the way, it, they knew what they were doing by doing that. Yeah, okay, we got a couple course. of other we got a couple of other topics here, but we only can really hit one. I don't want to do the South Carolina situation with the with the lawyer family. We'll do that Thursday because I feel like we're going to have more information. That story is just super deep, true, true crime type of stuff. Yeah. I do want to talk about Drake. Yeah. What about what? Drake. It's Drake. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Talk about Drake. You remember when we saw Drake at that party? I remember him being there. You remember that? Yes, and he you, acknowledged you, and he acknowledged he said, you, Van. He said, he said "What's up?" He, he not by name, mind y'all. Not by name. He said, okay, "What's up?" Let me ask you a question. Which is was a very a, Hollywood thing. Was there a handshake? I don't know. I didn't see it. Allegedly, this happened. There was a handshake. And who, Kalika said it. I didn't see. And it. who's and who who extended their hand? I don't know. I didn't okay. see it, Van. Okay, so wow. my good friend. Well, go so ahead. My, you are such my a good friend boy. Drake. My good friend Drake. <laughs> oh, that was my lamest time, and that was the lamest night. Of, that was the lamest time of 2021. Both my biggest win and my biggest loss came in 2021. It's okay, you were feeling yourself. You had won an Oscar that night. Won an Oscar, so like you couldn't be stopped. I won an Oscar. Saw Drake. Wanted to just loop around so Kalika could see that Drake knows who I am, and we speak when we see each other. Unclear though. Unclear. Oh, he definitely. He knows. definitely we, I've seen him. I've, I've seen him multiple times. We, we, we thought this is Drake, nigga. Um, he 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 confirms that Certified Lover Boy is dropping by the end of the summer. Uh, are you super excited about Drake's? No, new album? I didn't co-sign this topic choice. <laughs> <laughs> I, Why? I have nothing to say about it. I listen. I I like Drake's music. When it comes, well, it comes. It could come at the end of the summer. It could come at the end of the year. I'll be happy for it when it drops. I am not waiting. I'm not like anticipating it. I'm okay. not going to listen to it immediately when it comes out. Okay. Well, my, the question is this. Okay. Has there ever been a time when you've been excited about Drake? 
Uh, yeah, all summer 16. All summer 16. Okay, so let me ask you this. This is the question. Do you feel like people are as excited for Drake to drop music now as they have been? Or is this the album that will decide whether or not Drake is still where he was or whether or not he's taking a step back? Okay, okay. Do I think that this... Do I think people are anticipating this as your first question? Are still as excited. Now, he just dropped a, a, a handful of songs, and the songs went to, like, number one, two, and three. So, obviously, people still like Drake. And they always but, do. But, like, right. yeah, they were listening to him. They were curious. I listened to them. Right. But, no. Like, mm. like when Views came out. It was a big like, deal. We were ready for that. Like, mm-hmm. I still listen to that one. Um, still listen to Views, huh? Yeah, you know, mm. comes mm. on the iPod. I listen to it. iPod. Mm. I don't know why I said that. The iPhone. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't even well, have an iPod. I still, um, I still pop it in the tape deck every now and again. <laughs> and, mm. Um, listen, I don't. I think that's a very good question to ask that I don't have the answer to. Mm. I think the only time will tell when it comes out. How will people be feeling? I think Drake does a good job of spacing out his albums, though, where there is a mm-hmm. lot of anticipation and then telling us it's going to drop at one point and then it doesn't. So he he's very good at building up the anticipation. But so regardless, it's going to be there. He drops music all the time, though. See, not so albums, let me ask you this. Not albums. Not, music, not, yes. Not, not albums, albums, but little collections That's of albums. He, he drops music all the time. Let me ask you this. Do you think that... Do you think that... Kendrick Lamar, who's rumored to be dropping this year, which album do you think is more anticipated? Kendrick, for sure. Yeah. Because when is the last time he has some Kendrick? But high expectations. Will he meet them? I'm a big Chance the Rapper fan. When Chance dropped his album, it didn't meet expectations. And we were waiting a while for that to drop. Yeah. Not as long as Kendrick, though. Not as long. Kendrick just like disappeared. You know what? Kendrick first... is Kendrick is the type of artist that doesn't have to drop all the time because his music is so important. No, I was watching the Quincy documentary and I, and Kendrick was in it, and I was like, man, when is Kendrick gonna give us some music? I'm ready. Oh, so I you're like definitely. See, I feel like we see Drake all the time. We at least see Drake, like you said, he drops a song here and there. He definitely is always featured on somebody's music. He's always mm-hmm. in a feature. Always Every week, feature. he's on a feature. Migos just feature. dropped Culture Three. Drake is on it. Ooh, you know Culture I mean? Three was good, man. Col- yeah, yeah. You yeah. didn't, you didn't, you wasn't fucking with Culture Three. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you sure. a question. Sure. The the video clip has been going around of mm-hmm. Migos freestyling, um, you know, to promote their new album. Mm-hmm. Was that or was that not a freestyle? Uh, so a freestyle doesn't have to be off the top of your dome. See, to me, it does. Okay. When did the definition change? Well, so a freestyle could be you giving like a written verse over a different I don't beat like or whatever, that. whatever. And I don't know it's if that's true. a I don't know if that's a common I don't know if that's common knowledge. Because well, if you free, what if makes you a freestyle, freestyle goes what makes a freestyle go hard is that you you came up with that on the spot. Like I what otherwise it's a fucking song. Wait, wait. If you free <laughs> wait, wait, if you freestyle well, no, sometimes you'll rap a freestyle verse. Oh, remember when Drake used to freestyle off of his Blackberry? No. You know, Anyway, but like you can drop a uh, you can drop a freestyle verse like over a beat, it or does. you. Can, but if you freestyle off the top of the dome, like off the top of the dome, like that's a free. Even when people go on sway all the time, when people oh. go on sway, a lot of those, are, most of those are written. It's only a couple I don't of guys. Like I name you a couple of guys. I, I tell you a couple of guys that always freestyle off the top of the dome. 
Devontae Hitchcock, um, Lupe Fiasco, uh, actually Childish Gambino freestyles off the top of the dome a lot. King Los, always off the top of the dome with King Los. Always off the top of the dome. I mean, there's some other guys out there too, Oswin Benjamin. Like, there's some other guys out there too that when you know, when you go on there, they're going to give you something like off the top okay, all the well, time. Okay, well, we need but, a different name because I'm tired of watching the clip and it's like, ooh, you know, uh, Takeoff went off on this freestyle. It's a song. Right. But <laughs> a, a lot of people. It's a song. But a he lot wrote of people, it down. You know, even, even Jay-Z used to do that. I don't. I remember Jay-Z I, not, on a radio station one time and he did it. his... Run Don't call verse. it a freestyle. Said they say they rapped a verse. It's confusing to me because I'm watching it and I'm like, take off, stop, and Quavo picked right up where he left off. This right. is a song. They just right. gave us a song <laughs> off Culture Three. Stop <laughs> calling it a freestyle. That is so frustrating to me. <laughs> Royce five nine freestyle off the top of the dome. Other guys like that freestyle off the top of the dome, you know. So a lot of guys, some guys freestyle off the top. Of the I'm dome, not impressed. Even, I'm not impressed by by that. I'd rather watch even, a wilding out rap battle. Tyler the Creator, like you know, some of those. I'm missing so many guys. No, yeah, so yeah, many yeah. guys. Eminem. I'm missing so many guys. Obviously, Nas. Like a lot, a lot of the guys give you freestyles off the top, off the rip. But uh, but yeah, a lot of guys they go in there and they 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 write. They got verses. You know, that sound good to beats and they, they go in off the so verses. So next time, like Sway, when they come on your show, be like, you got a verse for me? No, Face, no, no, no. He does that. But Sway does that. Sway goes, okay, well, stop you on got the a verse? Okay, we'll stop on the internet making a, goes, a freestyle. He goes, he says, you're going to kick off the top of the dome or you're going to kick a written? He actually asked Lupe Fiasco that. He goes, he goes, he, he asked Lupe Fiasco, he says, you're going to kick, you're going to give us a written or you're going to come off the top of the dome? And, Le, and, and Lupe went, no, you said freestyle. Like when you say freestyle, to me, that means. Thank that's you, what Lupe. Lupe. Because he's Lupe right. Said. When did yeah. the definition change? Ooh, Let's not catering to these rappers. Lupe murdered that freestyle. Ooh, do, 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 do. Lupe <laughs> killed that freestyle. Man. All right, listen. No Van's very serious question of the week. We've had two guests, and Van has been shooting all day, and Van is exhausted. Um. So, Rach, what? What are you? What are your? Since we're not doing very serious questions of the week, what are your hopes and dreams for this week? Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to make it. I'm just, trying to, I'm, just, I'm just trying to make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, um, honestly, I'm just recovering. recovering. This, la- this lash is still in Vegas. This one came to work mm-hmm. today. That's what happens when you, when you, <laughs> that's what happens when you party like a white star. Like, like when you, like you come back with no, with missing lash, they go hard. It's a t- who was, I had a whole different group set group, uh, Oh my God, I can't speak. I had a, a different group of friends that were there and they were like, where are y'all? It was a different type of Vegas. They saw, I don't even know who they saw one night. I was like, so-and-so's here? We saw. Boys to men. We saw Steve Aoki. They saw, I don't know who was at their day party. We saw chain smokers. Is it totally different thing? Chain smokers is hot though. Before you leave, before we go. I was actually very impressed. How was Vegas? Was Vegas open? Man. All my fears really came true. People forgot we had COVID. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's it is as if like I could never have been out in the crowd. We were with the DJ. I could not have been out in the crowd with the masses. It was hot. People were packed together on each other's shoulders. 
it was it would have given you anxiety to look at it like people were had their phones up so we could see the crowd because we couldn't see it from where we were they, the world is open the Nuts. world is open and tomorrow or as this drops the mask mandate drops in la or california tomorrow or today 15th 15th all right take thing caps off well, do not stop learning. That's all for higher learning today. I am Van Lathan. I'm Rachel Lindsay. We out. <laughs>